Well, good morning, Calvary. Good to see you all again. Um, yeah, so our missions theme this week is called Vessels, if you haven't heard already this morning. And the motivation behind this theme um, comes from this need to constantly be reminded that we are to be formed, continually formed and shaped by God's hand so that we can be filled up by his spirit and then poured out to the world in love and to our neighbors and to our families. And so that's where this motivation comes from today. So Matt, John, and I are going to kind of be um, sharing a, each, a little segment each um, and kind of just uh, adding to each other's to come up with what does it mean to be formed? What does it mean to be filled? And what then does it mean to be poured out? So first, let's talk about being formed. Uh, initially, um, God says in Psalm 139.13 that we were all formed together in our mother's wombs. And so we have this idea uh, that we were knit together physically. God is the creator of each of us as persons. And then in I Isaiah 64.8, our theme verse for the morning, it's this. O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. And we recognize that we are all made on purpose and with purpose. God has intention with our life, and he is the one who ultimately has shaped us and formed us, but continues to be that person in our life. We are the clay. He is the potter. He is the one forming us. And this formation that we're talking about is not just the fact that we're formed physically by God, Rather, it's that we are, he is forming, has formed, and is continue forming our human spirit, our heart. And this human spirit that each of us has is full of various capacities. Uh, we all have capacities for a lot of things. Some of us have a capacity to play guitar, like Josh Wathen. He has a great capacity for that. Where me, I, you know, I could play five chords and get through maybe a good 90s worship song, and that's about it. <laughs> um, or we have the, some of us have the capacity to play soccer or to golf or to uh, paint. But we also have other capacities in our human spirit, such as hope, love, uh, joy. We also have ones like anger, uh, fear, lust, worry envy, pride. We have all these that exist within us. And so we must ask, well, what are the capacities that I have? And for me personally, I'm, as I get older, I'm more and more aware of these capacities in myself. And I'll be the first to admit that worry is, is one of mine that I've become aware of a lot in my life recently. And so we ask, and we're, we ask, what are these capacities? And we're interested in here is how were they formed? We're talking about this idea of formation, that God is the one who formed us initially, but then as we've gone through life, there have been other factors that have played a role in our formation. So we ask, how were they formed? Were they formed well or were they formed poorly? Or as the desert fathers or the monastics would ask, were they formed as a virtue or were they formed as a vice? Or as Paul puts it in Galatians, were they formed in the spirit, talking about the spirit of God, or were they formed in the flesh? And for those of you who love Greek out there, that word flesh means, is this word sarx in the Greek. It's talking about this fleshy residue that we have because of the fall. So where God's intention for us was to be formed 
perfectly and well, because of the fall, our formation has been a little messed up. So how were we formed? How, were, how, how did I get, become a worrier? Well, first I want to remind us that we're all born into a broken world where evil still exists, and that plays a role in our formation. But we're also formed by other things, such as our family of origin and everything that comes with that. I'm sure we all have different ways we were formed through that. We're also formed through various events that, we, that take place in our life. We're formed through circumstances and our choices and our experiences and so on. We are formed in hundreds of little ways and in some big ways as well. So we're interested in how all these were formed. Were they formed well or poorly? Dallas Willard, he says this. He says, spiritual formation for the Christian basically refers to the spirit-driven process, talking about the Holy Spirit, of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ himself. And this term spiritual formation is talking about the human spirit and its formation. It's Christian spiritual formation because it's God's hand who is doing the shaping and the forming. So if the goal of our Christian life, like Dallas Willard points to, is to become more like Jesus, to be formed more into the image of Jesus, then we must consider what has been formed poorly. And then we must ask God, you, the agent of change, may you be the one who transforms these, God. Because I've been formed poorly in some ways, and I've been formed well in others. And the answer, unfortunately, is not just getting our vices to look like virtues. That's not, that's not the way it works. Rather, the first move is learning to walk in the Spirit. And in Galatians 5.16, Paul says this. He says, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So instead of saying, Lord, take away my worry, take away my fear, take away this, 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 it's, Lord, I want to do this with you. And as I mentioned previously, as someone who struggles with worry, and I'm very aware of that now in my life, that sometimes come along, comes along with some anxiety and amongst other things in my heart. For so long in my life, I, I, I wanted to suppress those feelings. I, if they came up in me, I was like, no, I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to put it down. I'm not even going to bring it to the Lord. But that doesn't deal with the issue. That doesn't bring about trans, actual transformation of the heart. And so what the Lord has been teaching me in his kindness and in his grace over the past two years is to learn how to walk with him in these things. And it's as I've turned to him and opened my heart to him that he said, hey, I'm going to love you there. Walk with me in it. For so long, I try to do life on my own in so many ways. I try to get rid of these vices in my heart on my own. I try to do the good things on my own. Where God doesn't want us to live an autonomous life, but to be reliant on him. And the tricky thing is, though, is that if we want to know what these vices of our heart are, we've got to first discover what they are and ask God, what are they? And as we do this, as we ask God what these are, sometimes it's painful to see what's going on in our hearts. We all have a hidden heart the heart that we don't even really see or want to admit or really know what's going on there. But to be transformed, to allow God to come in and change us, we need to be open and to ask him, 
to show us these things. And as we do this, I think he is faithful to show us. But I want to remind everyone here that as you do this and as God begins to reveal these things in your heart, that if you are a follower of Jesus, then you are already in Christ and you are fully loved. And in this process of transformation and spiritual formation and being formed more into the likeness of Jesus, you have nothing to worry about and everything to gain. We come to a point where we can actually share these foul places of our heart with God, knowing that he, the Holy Spirit, is the main agent of change. And our job is just to open and to lean into this process. And there is nothing that you can share with the Lord that you will not be loved in. Some of you guys need to hear that again, that there is nothing that you could share with the Lord that you will not be loved in. Our God is not a God of shame, but a God of love and compassion and mercy. We're going to take a moment and we're going to, we get to hear from a couple of our missionaries at Calvary and how their lives were radically changed by God's transformational work in their life that they saw, yes, God's changing my heart and now I really desire to be obedient to his call on my life. So go ahead and check out this video. Hi, we're Tom and Gail Shook. We're from Garden Grove in Anaheim. Um, we met each other when I was 18 and he was 19 at a party. Party, and then within about six months after that, we were in Las Vegas and we got married. Within a couple of years, we had two children and really I was ready to leave. That was a tough time for both of us, but especially for me. I had come to Christ in junior high, but had fallen away from the Lord. And this was really used by God to bring him back, bring me back to himself. Right, so it took me a little longer. I spent about two years going in and out of church and hearing the gospel. And then on an Easter sunrise service in Cerritos, uh, I accepted Christ. And I closed my eyes, one person, and opened them a completely different person. I was transformed by the power of the gospel. And what was really cool is just to be a witness to it. Uh, for the first time in our married life, I was loved. Yes. I remember it was Easter, so we went to a family gathering and Tom is hugging everybody. Um, and it was the beginning of something incredible as God has transformed our lives. Um, not just from way up there, but just personally, deep down, right. in who we are to bring healing to us as people, to us as a couple, and as family. And being transformed, it made us open to what God would have for us and what he would want us to do with our lives. So from that, we found ourselves uh, on an adventure to Mongolia to carry the message of Christ there. Like the Shooks, sometimes in our lives we encounter Jesus in a way where our lives are so shaken by him and so transformed so quickly. We're like, yes, let's go do this. And we see this like really drastic shift in our transformation. But other times, most times, it's the slow process but steady of God's transformational work in our life. And our work is to open to him, to talk to him and ask him to reveal these things so he can love us in them and we can walk with him as he 
the ultimate potter shapes us as his vessels into the people he wants us to be, made more into the image of Jesus so that he could fill us up and then be poured out. So now Matt is going to talk about what it looks like to be filled up by the Spirit. Yeah, so as Aaron said, we're formed. Uh, supernatural power of God does that, is doing that in our lives as followers of Jesus. And then out of God's grace, he fills us. Fills us to love him and then fills us to love each other and even to love those that we haven't even met yet around the world. If you're in Isaiah, turn over to the New Testament to Romans chapter 15. Incredible passage, Romans 15 verse 13. I'll put it on the screen too if you're a little slow to get there, that's okay. But I'd love to have you look at it in your own Bibles. Romans 15 13 says these words, now may the God of hope fill you. And that word fill in the original language is filled to completion, filled to the brim. <laughs> fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you'll abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a great passage right there? This idea that we're shaped, we're formed by God, and then he fills us. So just a quick reminder, basics, foundation. God is the master potter. He is the one that fills us. As Aaron's saying, it's not us just doing our hard work on the treadmill of spirituality. No, but God is the one who supernaturally fills us up. And what's he fill us up with? Things like his joy, his peace, and his hope. How many of you need that right now? <laughs> you need to be filled with those things. Yes, I'm first in line for that. He fills us to love other people. And then it's through the power, as Romans 15 says, of the Holy Spirit. So Aaron and John and I, we've been praying through this idea, this theme of vessels. And we're feeling like, okay, church, we've been, a, we've been gathered here. and We've been a mission-minded church for so long. How do we continue to be a globally-minded church? We have to understand these themes. We're formed, we're filled, and, and, and then we're poured out. But then Ernie Glasgow, great member here of Calvary Church, he came up to me last Sunday when we announced this week, and he goes, Matt, you're forgetting one thing. I was like, what's that? And he goes, the fire. The fire is what, when you put pottery into the kiln, that's, that's what, the glaze, well, I'll stop trying to describe it because I don't know what I'm talking about, but it does something greatly to the, to the pottery, right? Those of you that work with pottery, just nod your heads um, with me. And it's true. It hit me when Ernie said that. I'm like, yes. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who fills us. Uh, in Acts chapter 7, you can read about this later, you hear about one of the first missionaries in the church, Stephen. Stephen, it said, was filled with the Spirit to love even those who were in the midst of killing him. Stephen says right before he dies at the hand of persecution, he says, Father, forgive them. It's incredible. The only way you could ever say that to those that were uh, persecuting you was if you were filled by the Holy Spirit. Have you been filled by the Spirit to love those who God's called you to love? This is a wonderful picture of Hume Lake. There's probably a little bit of snow there right now. This is taken in the summer. Uh, when I was 22 years old, I was asked by Jeff Biddle, old high school pastor here at Calvary Church, remember that name, to go to Hume Lake to be a counselor for our high school kids. I had just started coming here to Calvary, fresh off of graduating from college. So I went to Hume Lake and I had a cabin full of 12 14-year-old freshman boys. 
I had never met them before. In fact, Greg's right here. Greg Anthony was part of that cabin. Um, and we were in this cabin. They were all hyped up on candy. They had just been loading up on candy the whole way uh, up on the bus, which we need more volunteers for high school and junior high. So this is a wonderful plug for that right now. But so we're in this cabin, 12, 14-year-old boys. We fall asleep finally. And the boy that was above me, his name was Drew DeSantis. Drew uh, wakes up after about half an hour of us all being quiet, and he goes, Hey, leader, leader, because he had forgotten my name because we had just met. He goes, leader, I, I, I don't feel so good. As soon as he gets those words out of his mouth, throws up from the top bunk. Is this true, Greg? You remember this? It throws up from the top bunk all on the ground. I'm like, uh, I'm 22 years old. Like, uh. So we go and get some paper towels from the bathroom. As we're beginning to clean that up, Drew throws up again. So cleaning up the second uh, round there, and I'm only, I'm a young guy, but I'm like, okay, maybe we should get this guy some, like, medical help. So we begin walking down the hill in the middle of the night, Hume Lake, and I look at this kid. I just met him that day. Like, I love this kid. I love this kid. I love, I love him. How's that possible? How could I love a little freshman boy who was sick in that moment? Because the power of the Holy Spirit filled me to do that. And then that's what even entered my life into vocational ministry at that point. But it's not just me. That's how God works with any follower of him. He fills us to love those that he calls us to love. Uh, Jimmy Simpson is one of our missionaries here at Calvary. Jimmy's too humble to say this, so I'll say it. Jimmy grew up uh, in Orange, lived a pretty comfortable Orange County life, um, ended up getting a degree from an Ivy League school. So he's like, he's like smart. <laughs> and yet God filled him to love the people of China. And as a young man, Jimmy gave his life to go to China. Here's a quick part of his story. Hi, I'm Jimmy Simpson, and my wife, Chloe, and I, we work with International Students Incorporated, and it is a nationwide organization working with international students across different college campuses. And so we're at UC Irvine working with the international students there. I've worked in many different countries. I lived in Korea, lived in China. Most of my work was in China with OMF International, and we were serving the people there in Xi'an, where the terracotta soldiers are. We had Bible studies with students from many different places, and we had students that were from different ethnic groups as well. So we had Uyghurs, we had Han, and it was just a great opportunity to share the love of God with them. It reminds me of the story from Hudson Taylor, who started China Inland Mission, which is now OMF International. And he was there working with Chinese people, and he actually said, if I had a thousand lives, I'd give them all to China. And for him, he's there, and there's a new believer, a Chinese man, who says, how long have your people had this truth? And Hudson Taylor said, we've had it a couple hundred years. And the Chinese man was so hurt because he said, how could you have this for a couple hundred years and not bring it sooner? My father died waiting for the truth, and he never found it. Why didn't you come sooner? And so that was really something that stood out to me. If I have the good news, and there's people that want to hear it, people that are dying waiting to hear it, what an opportunity to go, and not only an opportunity, but a command, where God has given us the command, the Great Commission, and we're all to be involved in different ways. There's a number of scriptures that really encouraged me and got me excited about going on the mission field. Of course, there's the Great Commission in Matthew 28, but there was another passage that I saw while I was on the mission field, and it really spoke to my heart. 
This is in Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's the job of us as believers is to be a light for Christ, to bring the good news to those who haven't heard it. And Chloe and I just wanna say thank you to Calvary Church for praying for us, for supporting us, and for notes of encouragement. We just so much appreciate that Calvary Church is a church that has a heart for missions. And I just ask that you would pray this Sunday to that God would reveal to you ways you can be involved in God's kingdom work. That's good, that's just one story of so many, right? But that's our story too. We're formed, we're filled, and then God uses us to pour it out. So John, talk about that. Yeah, you bet. And, and really it's the, it's the love of Christ. He loves us so much that he spent time to form us. He fills us with that love. And our response is to, is to overflow and pour out. It's not pour out and empty, right? The love of Christ is this constant source in our, in our life. And so let's look at 1 John 3, 16 through 18. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And so we just don't remain in this in this state of filling without getting full. And from that place of full, we overflow and we pour out. We're not bottomless pits, right? We're more like bottomless fries. <laughs> and you know, when you're at the table, well, in the early days, when you go into a <laughs> restaurant and you got some bottomless fries, the, fly, the fries would deplete and they would be replenished. They wouldn't bring basket upon basket upon basket of fries, like some mighty fry tower to behold. No, that's not what we're supposed to be like. We are supposed to share our fries. And anyway, so that's like this continual renewing of God's love, of Christ's love in our life. And it doesn't just benefit us, right? If we just fill to the point of being full and that's it, that just benefits us. But we overflow and that benefits the entire world and we just splash out Christ's love throughout Orange County. And that's what I want Calvary Church to be, this place of just God's love overflowing and covering Orange County and into the world. And so, you know your full cup of hot coffee? It's full, right? You're taking very good care of it. You're walking to, maybe it's, maybe it's tea or hot chocolate, okay? But you're walking carefully to your comfy chair to enjoy this, okay? That's not how I want us to be at all. I want us to be like a toddler with a full sippy cup running through the house, just splashing and spraying the love of Christ everywhere. And instead of like causing panic, you know, which it'll do to the parents, like we're talking about the love of Christ and that changes and transforms people's lives. And so I just want to spend a few moments just reminding all of you right now and just like painting this picture of how Christ's love is already 
pouring out here from Calvary, this is mainly this year alone. We've, we've still sent 90 missionaries into 29 countries. Yeah, Bibles have been sent to Iran. We've fed 31,000 people so far through the pandemic, through our pop-up pantry. 61 of you have volunteered to be on like a spur-of-the-moment task force to help those that are the highest risk. You guys generally, generously gave $9,500 to the Pasmino family um, this last VBS at their Penny Project. You've also given $30,000 over Thanksgiving weekend. Two new families this year have been commissioned to go to the field. Five homes were built in Mexico. 108 compassion children were sponsored in Guatemala. 60 kids were sponsored just here over Christmas. And 100 backpacks full, full to the point of overflowing, uh, of school supplies were given to a local school. And I just want you to like celebrate that. That's God's love pouring out from Calvary Church. Um, and we know what real love is. It's, it's in our verse here. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And we didn't earn that love, right? That was, this, that was just given freely. And so I want us to be people that give away love freely. As we've been filled up, we overflow and we pour out. Don't keep it to yourself. If we continue in our, in our passage, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And that can happen both intentionally and unintentionally, right? When we pour out love, that can be very directed and pointed. When I started as a pastor in Idaho, one of the greatest lessons I learned early on was don't travel alone. And that was, that's like a motto that I've carried today, and it doesn't just apply to travel, but like, like ministry, don't, don't minister alone. And this is one way, especially if you've been to our pop-up pantry, you'll see one of my uh, sons or daughters along my side as, we are, as we're ministering together, because this is like a really pointed and directed way that I can pour love through discipleship into my children. And that's just been a great, like, life lesson. It may be inconvenient uh, most of the time, but it's definitely worth it. And it also, we can, if we're constantly being filled to the point of overflowing, that's going to splash out unintentionally as well. I remember in, in Indonesia, right, you've got a lot of tension, you've got a lot of stress, you've got you to gotta get that out. And so I picked up badminton. And I would go to those courts for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that was to get out the aggression. <laughs> I was not there to win the world for Jesus. I was just there to play as hard as possible, to smash, to win, of course, mostly lose. But that's what I was there for. And unintentionally, all of these relationships started to develop. And one of our most fruitful ministry partners came out of just those times at the badminton court. A dear friend was made there from unintentional overflow. Um, and so what I want us to do now is take a look at our VBS family from last year, the Pasminos. They are going to share with us on the screen what it's looked like for them in Ecuador to be pouring out the love of Christ. So let's take a look.
I'm Rebecca. And I'm Pablo. And we work with One Mission Society in Ecuador. And we've been planning a church in Chongon on the outskirts of Guayaquil. And it all started when a dear friend and neighbor of mine, we'd been studying the Bible together, and she said, we can't keep this message to ourselves. We need to share it. I know someone in Chongon who can host us. So we started by passing out flyers, come and bake chocolate chip cookies. And about five women attended that first week and something amazing began. And one week Marlene came for the first time, apparently by chance. And by the end of that day, she said, you need to come to my neighborhood. I'm losing my son to drugs, and there are so many children where I live who need to know there's a better way. And that's how kids ministry began. In her backyard, in this area of Chongon called Colibridos, we began ministering to kids. And in providing them with a safe place where they were loved, they started drawing their families in. And that's the beginning of Agua Viva, of our church. And God moved my heart to give something different to these kids. You know, many agencies uh, can provide food or books or resources, but the gospel should be something different. So pouring out into the, their lives means to share with them the word of God, um, share with them in any moment that is uh, available, uh, chat with them, play with them, love with them, and look at their lives being transformed by the power of God's word. So that's what have, God has been doing in this community. And we can't pour out unless we've been poured into. We have nothing to give of ourselves except what Jesus has given us. And it's his love poured into my heart that has made me love Jenny and Lourdes and Joan and Sixto and these amazing people who we work with in Chongon. And in God's multiplication economy, what he's poured into us, that we pour into them, they are multiplying and pouring into the others that they serve in the community. And it's all because of him. What a great truth. Like, I hope we can walk away with what Rebecca had said at the end. We can only pour out what's poured into us. And if the love of Christ is pouring into us, and that is outpouring, if we've been formed, filled, and pouring out, we're going to start to see the world very, very differently. We're going to start to see what God sees. We're going to start to feel what He feels. And what's going to happen we're going to look out in our neighborhood, in our families, around the world, and we're going to see some very, very dry places. And that, should, and that should break our heart, and that should give us an indicator, where do I need to be overflowing and pouring out the love of Christ in this world? Like, am I supposed to join those 90 that have transplanted their vessel into uh, just a foreign land, a foreign region? Am I supposed to look at my neighborhood and my street and go, this is a very dry, very arid place. Am I supposed to just be here and pour out the love of Christ? Do you have a hostile workplace, home, like emotional distress? Where does Christ's love need to outpour, need to pour out from us? And like Marie, I, I was impacted at, at a mission conference, and, and throughout this week, I hope you're hearing the small, still voice of our Lord showing you where those dry places are. And if, it is to, and if it's to transplant, please tell somebody about that. Talk to your life group. Talk to a pastor. 
run up here and talk to us. Like, we want to hear about that. If it's to pour on your neighborhood, talk to somebody about it. Like, we want to be a part of helping you and you helping us pour out the love of Christ, not just overseas, but in our neighborhoods as well. And so, yeah, I'm excited to kick off this Reach Week with you all, so let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for loving us, for seeing us as precious, precious creations of yours. God, thank you for spending the time and the energy to form us, Lord. Thank you for filling us with hope, with peace, with your love. God, and I pray that we are people that don't keep that to ourselves, that that just flows out, overflows, pours out from every piece of our heart and our soul. And those that come encounter with us, God, I pray that they are impacted for you. Lord, I thank you so much for allowing us to worship in this way. In your son's name I pray. Amen. We're going to enter into a time of some more worship through music. And this first song we're going to sing is called New Wine. And it has these lyrics in it that um, are more meditative, maybe, if you haven't heard this song before. I just want to encourage you in this time to either do what you need to do, but with the Lord. So even right now, if you also want to close your eyes real quick. And just open your heart to God and just say, God, here I am. And maybe some of you, as we get into this song, need to first pray, God, search my heart. God, what's going on in my heart? What, what am I feeling about this message this morning? Am I excited? Am I scared? Am I convicted? God, what do you want to say to me? So maybe some of us need to pray, God, search my heart. Maybe some of us need to surrender to God. Maybe we're holding tightly onto something, and he's just asking for us to hand it over to him to trust him. There's a part in this song that says, make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. And so maybe some of us need to prayerfully sing these words today. Whatever it is, take this time to be with the Lord and to hear his voice and what he's calling you to do and how to respond.
Spring new wine.